It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glicksman with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And Matt, the Devils did not win. No, no, they didn't. Uh, I mean, they had a they had a chance. Uh, they, you know, like it, it was a it was a winnable game, um, but but just you know just weren't good enough. Uh, you know, had had the ball late with a chance to go tie it or take the lead. Um, it, you know, just one of those. Yeah, I, you know, it's it's not a totally discouraging performance, except for the fact that you look and. You know, I've hammered this, you know, the last couple of weeks, but there's just not many winnable games the rest of the year, it doesn't seem, based on the opponent. This was one, yeah. and, and it was it was there. I mean, it, you know, it, they never led, I don't think. So it's not like, you know, we blew the game, but we were always right there in it, just couldn't couldn't get over the hump. Yeah, I mean, 7-7 seven, seven at the end of one, 10-7 at the half. Like, we, yeah. we were around. Yeah, but just... yeah, I mean, went down on the first drive and scored. After giving up a touchdown on their first drive, um, you know, then it's just kind of, it just kind of feels like that's the way it is with this offense this year. Is like they, they're not good enough, uh, especially given all the personnel that's been in and out of the lineup, to you know maintain success. Like they could put together a drive or two, and you think like, oh, well, maybe we got something here. But then it just seems like you know, reality sets in at that point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just not good enough. There's just not enough there. Um, and and then you know the defense has been okay, but it it doesn't feel to me like like they're good enough to win a game. You know, it's hard to describe, but like it feels like if a team needs 42, like USC got, they'll get 42. Mm-hmm. Like, and if they only need 24, they'll get 24. I don't think our defense is good enough to dominate the game and and carry us to a victory. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. The, I mean, it, one thing that I thought was interesting, the comments from Kenny Dillingham seemed to be about the offense not rising to the occasion. Um, you know, giving up 24 points to Cal, that's true, but the the defense, it's not like the defense is a turnover machine and we're losing games 10-7. No. Like, right, right, you know. exactly. I mean, it's been it's been okay. But, I mean, I said this to you a couple weeks ago after the Fresno game, and I still kind of think it, like, you wonder in some ways, you know, uh, there's a psychological effect in a way on, on another team. Like, if you know your opponent doesn't score a lot of points, well, you don't get super aggressive, and you don't maybe go for it on fourth down when you could, and you don't take the shot down the field. So, you you know, you settle for field goals, whatever, and, and you know that's good enough to win. Yeah, the, the uh, game so, is close, but... Yeah, you're, yeah. You're you, don't, you don't need to score 50 because you know, you know, your opponent can't score 50. So you kind of, you know, you, you make sure not to get in your own way, not to give up, you know, uh, turnovers that, that, you know, give the other team points, things like that. I mean, you know, offensively, it's just not, it's not good enough. And that's, I mean, the season high in points is what, 28 against yeah. USC. And that was with throwing everything in the kitchen sink at USC. I mean, like every trick in the book to get to those 28 points. Uh, you know, like conventional offense just isn't going to get it done, I don't think. And, and you know. Well, and you're seeing that with of, the way they're using Scadabo. Like, yeah, he's been really good. Really good. You and, know? But they're and, doing and they direct snaps. Creatively they're creatively using him. Yeah. They're putting him in the Wildcat. They're giving him opportunities yeah yeah which you got to i mean we just don't 
we just have a, a lack of difference makers on offense. Quarterback isn't one. We've had three different starters. None of them have really jumped off the page. Um, yeah. Badger has been okay at receiver, but he hasn't really made much of an impact this year. Beyond the, that, the line really is separated. The line is a sieve. Yes, and our yes. tight ends Conyers are injured. Has been hurt. Yeah, so you know that's a difference maker that he's missed a game or two, I believe, and in the games he has played, he hasn't really looked a hundred percent. So you know, there's just not much there. And you know, as we spin it ahead, you face some teams that like they have some vulnerability on defense. I feel like this week's opponent, Colorado, is certainly that. But I, I just don't know if if we're going to be able to take advantage of that enough. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, yeah, we've seen I mean, Colorado gave up 42 and 48 the last two weeks. So you can score points on them, but are we good enough to score enough points given the offense they have? I mean, it, it starts to become a math problem, you know? Like, well, if you can't score 28, are you going to hold them under 28? Probably yeah. not, because that's a pretty good offense, it feels like. Yeah, agreed. Um... And, and, you know, the same goes for... Washington and Washington State, and you know the upcoming opponents that like they can score a lot of points. They, you might be able to score on them, but can you score enough? Probably not. Um, Colorado, by the way, is favored by four, um, which I'm surprised it wasn't more than that. Yeah, the the uh, the odds makers obviously not totally buying into Colorado just yet, and I can't blame them. You know, so here's here's my fascinating sort of what I'm paying attention to in this game for Colorado is this is going to be the first game of their season that really is off the radar. Yeah. First game on PAC 12 debt on the road afternoon kick in the heat. I mean, 98 degrees for a high here that day right now. Uh, you know, like how do they come out? Every game so far has been on the marquee. You know, mm-hmm. TCU big noon kickoff at the, you know, defending or team that went to the national title game. Home opener against Nebraska. Game day there for Colorado State. Going to Oregon, ABC national TV. Big noon for USC. Like, stars are out. Everybody's paying attention. How do they show up to what could be a sort of sleepy environment here? Yeah. Which it almost certainly will be. Yeah, I think it will be. So I'm, I'm curious, like, does the circus go wherever they go or is it just going to feel like, you know, another game where it happens to be Deion Sanders on the sideline? I'm, I'm curious the feel in the stadium. Like if it was a night game, I think it would feel like a bigger deal. I think you'd have more people in the stands, you'd have, you know, um, but three thirty, still plenty hot pack 12 net. It's, it's going to be a sleepy atmosphere. And I hate to say it. I mean, this sounds bad, but like that may give us the, the best chance we could have to win. Yeah. It's hot. It's uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Do they just kind of, you know, it's a little bit like uh, you can't, you know, you can't have it on a scale of one to 10 ratcheted up to a 10 every game. And they have for five weeks in a row. It felt like, you know, like every game has been the biggest thing going. Even Colorado state, it's like game day was there and Fox show was there and, and then they're on ESPN and all these famous people are, you know, tweeting about the game and everybody wants to, you know, take the Colorado State guy and send him to prison for a late hit and all this, you know, pomp and circumstance. And this game ain't going to have that. Yeah. So I'm curious how they show up. Will they have that same edge? Because they they aren't great. 
I mean, they, they have a really good quarterback. I think the Sanders kid is, is pretty darn good. Um, they have a good running back, freshman running back. That's, you know, Dylan Edwards and a couple of, you know, young players that seem like difference makers, but you know, they're, they're not deep in talent. They're not overwhelming. Like USC is with like, Oh my God, there's just so much talent they throw at you. So if they don't have that edge, can they be gotten? Maybe. I don't think so. I'm not picking it, but I, I think that's our best hope. Well, in terms of picks, I I don't know that our defense will be able to rise to the occasion. I think the Heat will help, but I, I have Colorado 35-24. Okay, yeah. I, I think I'm kind of somewhere in that same same area like i said i just i think it becomes a math problem adding up the points at the end of the day i don't know that we can score as much as them um so i'll say i'm gonna go pretty similar to you Uh, i'll go i'll go 31 to 20 which i think is the same margin but i i just don't i don't know if our offense is good enough to take advantage of a leaky defense which Mm -hmm. they have you know colorado state put up what 35 on them and they're not good um, but you know, they did hold Nebraska to 14. Uh, our offense is probably a lot like Nebraska so far this year. Yeah. Okay. That is to say, not, not good. good. Not good. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I mean, you know, one and four, uh, kind of revisiting. I was thinking, you know, we're, we're going into the bye after this and the preseason picks. And I said, you know, I felt like we needed to be four and two at worst three and three to, you know, scratch out six wins we're actually not going to be at either one of those um i, I kind of feel like i mean six wins is probably that that ship has long since sailed um the goal right now might be to just get to two i mean i think i hate to say that yeah but, I, I, uh, I i think you gotta look at iguano last year and three <laughs> wins in the iguano herm and maybe re-shift your focus to that. Like, can we get a rivalry win Yeah, and a, yeah. And a low I mean, fruit win? I think that's probably your best chance. Maybe at UCLA, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that's a that tends to be a pretty, uh, you know, tame <laughs> environment. Yeah, I was going to um, say, speaking of places that are... Sleepy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, I mean, you, you don't know what time the game is, and... I, I'm curious to see a little more from UCLA. They, you know, they started three and zero, didn't really play anybody good in that three and zero. Got you know suffocated by Utah's defense a couple weeks ago, and then had their off week. So, like, curious to see a little more from them. Like, how how good are they or not good are they? That is that is one that you might look at. But man, I mean, going to Washington that feels like a no chancer. Yeah. Going to Utah, home oh, yeah. to Oregon, like those those three right now feel like zero chance well like that you're, you're gonna have to pitch a perfect game to win those that at utah game feels like we'll probably lose like 13 to 6 but we'll <laughs> yeah, never yeah. have been in it like <laughs> yeah yeah you're right i mean utah's offense is, is a struggle right now now they should have rising back by then and maybe have some other guys so maybe they'll be better by then but yeah their defense is so good and the atmosphere is is tough and you could have weather by then too. Um, I mean that that feels like a game that you know over under one touchdown is probably a good little prop bet that we should discuss that week because they're really yeah yeah they could they could score 
10 or 13 and, and win that game by 10 or 13, potentially. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, uh, I just don't think those three are any chance. Washington State coming in here, I would say that's maybe a 1% chance, if anything. I mean, they, they've played really well so far this year. If they, you know, if they were named Washington or Oregon or USC, we would probably be talking about them as a, you know, national championship contender. We're not yet, but they'll, they'll have their chance. Maybe they are. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there's four of your remaining games after the, after the bye, which leaves UCLA and Arizona. Those, those are the two that you kind of, if you're optimistic and, and I guess this week, I mean, you know, I, I suppose yeah, I was gonna if say. you're looking at potential wins, it's probably these three, Colorado, UCLA, and Arizona are the only ones that you could even talk yourself into being a real optimist. When you're sa- basically what you're saying is it's two question marks and, you know, a rivalry game. Yeah, yeah, which I, you know, I mean, I think Arizona is a better team than, than we are. But I don't think they're world's better. And it's at home. And so, you know, you hope that you can, you know, if you go in, even, I mean, you go in one and ten, like, it's the old uh, axiom that, you know, fan, uh, well, would, you know, would you rather go, uh, you know, seven and five and lose to Arizona or one and 11 and beat Arizona? Well, we, we might have that conversation uh, this year before Thanksgiving, when it, you know, because we might be one and ten going into that game. And, like, can you, can you salvage even just a little bit of something? Look in the season with wins. How about that? Southern yeah. Utah and Arizona. Feel you feel just a tad bit better if that's the case. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's rough. It's rough, man. It's rough and getting rougher, but hopefully, twenty twenty four will bring a little bit more brightness. So, I guess at this point, one of the questions as an ASU fan, I think you and I both don't think this is Kenny Dillingham's fault, but. What is the reasonable expectation for year one in the Big 12, given how poorly things appear to be going yeah. this year? It's tough. I mean, I think I think it's tough to set one right now because your your roster will probably look a fair amount different. Again. Uh, you know, again. I mean, again. Yeah. Yeah. So, who do you, you know, is Jaden Rashada your quarterback? Is he still here? If he is, is he your unchallenged, unquestioned starter, or do you bring in somebody else to, to you know, legitimately compete with him? Uh, or maybe even a, you know, a one-year guy that basically tells him, hey, we're going to give you another year to sit back and learn. Don't know if that's how it works anymore in college football, but ideally yeah. you could do that. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I, I hate to say it, but I think the word realistic is tough. I optimistic expectation would probably be, can you, can you get to 500 next year? Uh, what's the non-conference schedule? Do we, do we know? We don't know the conference schedule yet, obviously. So it's tough to assess that. I don't know, but I can try I to think pull next it year is Mississippi state. If I remember right, as I think it's here. And then I think the others are, it appears to be Wyoming, Mississippi state and at Texas state. Okay. Me, I don't know what those teams will look like next year, but Texas State beat Baylor this year and Wyoming beat Texas Tech. So those, you know, I, I don't know what they'll be next year. Hard to say. But neither one of those, I'm like, well, those are easy wins. Like, no, eh, not necessarily. You know, Wyoming's got a good coach, that old North Dakota State coach. They're a, they're a plucky program. I don't know what to make of Mississippi State. They, they might stink this year. 
Um, and so you wonder, like, what are they with, with, you know, Mike Leach and all everything that happened there? Like, you had to promote the defensive coordinator, probably had no choice. Uh, but is that the right hire? What are, so who knows? And then what's your conference schedule, I guess, is a tough one, too. Like, what's the road home split? Um, you know, I assume if they keep us on the same rotation with Arizona that we have five road games. But I don't know. That that uh, That's an assumption that maybe I shouldn't make. Yeah. But, you know, like if we if you figure the Arizona-Arizona State rivalry stays on its same rotation and then you split the others, that's four home, five away. You know, I don't know. I, I mean, what do you think? What You know, it, again, with the caveat that obviously we don't know much about the roster or the schedule, what, what's your barometer for 2024? I think that the key is going to be, will we have continuity? Because that is where so I, that's where I think, like, it could all fall apart. Because you mean players or coaches or both? Both. I meant primarily players. I, yeah. I'm sort of assuming coach continuity. Well, I mean, I, I don't mean head coach. I mean like staff. Yeah, you, you I know, mean, I, I think assistant coach type thing. Yeah, and I think like Ward is good enough that he could merit a look somewhere else. Right. Right. Um. I think the young. Be rough. I think the young recruiters are gonna stay one more year. Um, yeah, you hope so. You hope we can at least set a foundation before guys, you know, leave to go somewhere else. They probably will if you're successful. That's how it works. But you but, know, set a set a foundation of success before you do. Yeah, but I, I, I think that Kenny has earned the trust. You know, one of those great, you know, butterfly effect type things is what would have happened if the team hadn't been told they weren't going to a bowl game. You do wonder. Um, you, you do. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that we would have been much better, but, you know, kneecapping a group of guys that isn't that good in the first place right before the season certainly can't help. I mean, I don't. You, you, maybe it didn't hurt, but it didn't help. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I agree. Yeah. So I guess with something to play for next year, maybe that makes a difference. I think that there is a realistic chance that this team, you know, can get to a bowl next year. It's not it's not a high bar to No, it's to not do. a high bar. No, so. no, it's not. And and you know, the Big Twelve is gonna be an interesting mix of a lot of uh, programs that, you know, sit around average. Over, over recent history. I mean, you take Texas and Oklahoma out of the Big 12 and make your Texas, you know, mediocre jokes. They have been the last decade, but nonetheless, they're a historic power. Oklahoma has been a power, you know, uh, gotten to the playoffs several times and all of that. You take them out and you have a conference that doesn't really have a, a one or two, like, heavyweight programs necessarily. Good program. You know, TCU, yeah. solid. Kansas State, solid. Uh, Baylor has, you know, not having a great year this year, but solid, uh, you know, but nobody that really is like, oh, man, you know, USC in the mid 2000s or Oklahoma for most of the 2010s in the Big 12. Like, well, that's yeah. the key. I mean, I, I think that the best team coming into that conference next year is probably Utah. Like, yeah, probably when, so. when you probably, look at yeah. the conference up and down, it, I think it's Utah. That's probably a good point. Maybe, yeah. maybe Oklahoma State's okay. 
Maybe, um, although they're having a rough go with it. You know, yeah, I mean, they've had a pretty good run for, you know, 10, yeah. 15 years, but it's, it's, it seems to be deteriorating maybe a little bit there. Um, you know, I mean, West Virginia is all of a sudden showing some pluck, and who knows, maybe they're going to do something. <laughs> Kansas is a program that's kind of on the rise if they keep their coach, which is a big if. Uh, you know, it's it's a it's an interesting conference because there's not a lot of like terrible programs. You know, not many right. come to mind that are like, oh, well, that that team sucks. But there's also not any that are really like, oh boy, well, you know, mark that down as an automatic loss. Mm-hmm. Doesn't really feel that way. At least of the teams we're joining, Utah, you're right. You know, Utah, we just talked about it. At this point in their program, does feel like an automatic loss unless we're playing really well too. Yeah, and who knows what Colorado's going to do? I mean, like if, if Dion stays, which I still think is an if. I know he said, you know, oh, just wait to see what Colorado is like. Let me see if Dion's actually there in year two. But if he is, uh, you figure he's going to hit the transfer portal real hard again, and guys want to yeah. play for him. That can't be denied. Like you can quibble with the attention he's gotten, and you can get tired of it. And trust me, I've gotten tired of it. Uh, but players love him. And, and so he'll bring in talent and with a full off season to do it, uh, you know, like they could, they could have a ton of talent. Who knows? I, yeah, I think that realistically next year, the expectation should be upper half of the big 12, which is not Top eight. Yeah. Which, I was going to say, which yeah. is not that hard to do, but no, probably, but probably gets you bowl eligible. I think it would. I think it would, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's a conversation that's that's a it's one we should revisit, you know, when this season's over, and then probably a few times in the off season, based on you know roster additions, spring practice, coaching changes here and there, because it seems like with college sports, we talked about it with basketball, you know, and, and football is the same way now. Like, man, it's so hard to be like, well, we're going to have this back, we're going to have that back. We don't know. We, we, I mean, I don't, I don't know that there's a position on the roster that I could confidently say, well, we'll have this guy back right now. I, we'll have some, but anybody I'm certain of, no. So, uh, you know, we'll revisit it as time goes on and we see. But, yeah, I would agree. I think, you know, it, I mean, look, you, you get a honeymoon if you're Kenny Dillingham. I think everybody knows he was taking over a really mostly empty cupboard and isn't holding this year against him, but that doesn't last forever, especially with the transfer portal now and the immediate eligibility. It's like, you know, do something because if you don't, other programs are. Yeah. You can't just sit back and, uh, well, give us a four year plan. Like that's, that's not how it works. No, I do think this may be a year that we just, you know, Send to the dustbin of history, though. Probably, probably, yeah. I mean, it's it's. Uh, you hate to blame, you know, the previous staff. There's always those jokes, you know, from you know Notre Dame. You know, blame Ty Willingham for their struggles for about you know ten, fifteen years. It felt like, but I, I, I do think it's fair to say the 2023 season, in large part, the blame is put on the previous staff. Uh, it doesn't last forever. We can't be doing that in 25 and 26 and 27. Like, at some point, you gotta you got to focus on what you have now. But they left us a really bad situation, and we're paying the price for it. Yeah. 
I, I absolutely agree. The, the scar tissue from it is, is I'm, I'm not sure how easily it's healed for the fans. Uh, I, I, for myself, like it's tough, man. I, I love ASU and I will always, you know, but it is, it, I find it tough this year and I didn't think that would be the case, but I'm finding it tough to like really muster up a lot of emotional energy because it's like, man, after what happened 21, 22, it's like, it's hard to get right back on that horse. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. I, I, I mean, I'm following every game, but I don't feel, I don't feel a ton of emotion about it. Like I wanted us to win, but when we lost to Cal, I didn't, I didn't feel much of anything. Whereas like if Texas had lost last week to Kansas, I'd have been pissed because yeah. I feel like I'm invested in them. You know, like that's something that matters to me. Uh, you know, and right now ASU is more like a, yeah, I'll keep an eye and see what they do, but it's, it's tough, man. They, they, Got to give me a reason to care beyond just, well, you went here 20 years ago. Yes, I did. And that'll always be there, but I kind of want more than that. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, this season is kind of a wash. Like, I've I've listened to some of the games. I've actually physically watched probably four total quarters. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's not much different for me than I. And they played four home games. Uh, you know, I didn't see any of Oklahoma State. Not one second. Yeah. Uh, I watched a little of Southern Utah in person. Watched the first half of USC and then some of the second half on TV. A little bit of Cal. You know, so yeah, I, I haven't seen that much more than you. And it's just like, you know, if this is the level I'm going to muster, that's fine. That, you know, like... I care slightly more about this. Well, that's not true. I care significantly more about this program than other programs, but I care only slightly more about making an effort to see their games than just putting on whatever. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I mean, I agree. And and part of it is, is the university, you know, and, and the athletic leadership. And I know we've talked about that. We don't have to re legislate that right now, but it's tough. I mean, I, I, I still look back on how the whole Big 12 thing was handled and that embarrassment of media availability um, and, the, and the bowl, you know, sanctions and all that. And it's just, it's, uh, in some ways, it's embarrassing to be an ASU fan. And it's not because they're not winning on the field. We've been there and done that. You and I have, have been through terrible basketball seasons and really bad football seasons, and I can handle that. And I, I think I've proven myself that I can handle a bad team. But it's a it's a university that seems to not care about the, the what they put forward that bothers me the most. Yeah, I mean, it does feel like we've been almost hammered into apathy. Yeah, which, and I and I don't think it's just you and I. Yeah, That's no, I think it's the fan base. Like it's not unique to us. <laughs> you know, I mean, we each have you know our own situations. You live in a different state. And, and, you know, and I mean, like, if it was you alone, it might be like, well, okay, maybe it's your personal situation and, you know, you got a new baby and, and you live in another state and all that. But it isn't just you. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of people here. And, and I, you know, I, USC was a good environment. It was. But that felt like a one-night-only show. People wanted mm-hmm. to see USC as their last visit. Caleb Williams is the Heisman winner. Lincoln Riley's kind of a, you know, star name as a coach. I, I I don't think it's going to be anywhere near that for Washington State. 
which is also a really good team. But I think it'll probably feel like a graveyard in there. Yeah. Colorado, I'm not sure. I really don't know what to expect because they do bring star power now. But again, like we talked about, it's a midday, hot afternoon game. Like, is that enough to appeal to people here? Are people here well acquainted enough with college football to be like, well, I want to go see that Shador Sanders? I don't know if they are. Some are, but are enough? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But bottom line, yeah, it, it yeah, it's a good way to put it. We've been hammered into apathy, and it's going to take an effort to get us out of that. Uh, you know, yeah. activate the valley is a nice slogan, but you got to you got to work hard to do it and you got to, you got to win and you got to have a university that feels like they care. And, you know, I mean, I don't know if we talk much about it, but like I went to the USC game and the first scoring drive, you know, they, they got the ball at the turnover and, and they scored what, like two or three plays. It was a quick drive, you know, and they put up a scoring summary that says, you know, 12 plays, 65 yards, valid a 11 yard run. And I'm like, are you kidding me? This is the fourth home game of the year, and you're putting up last year's information. Yeah, it's embarrassing. Yeah. I mean, it's just embarrassing to to call yourself an ASU fan right now when stuff like that happens and no one seems to care. Yeah, and this it comes down to like the old wrestling stuff, you know, boo, cheer, whatever, but don't right. don't not care. Don't don't tune not out. care. Yeah, and yeah, that's where man. we're at is we're tuning out. It is. It is. And I mean, look, I, I I won't tune out entirely. You and I have had this conversation about ASU. I've said it before. I feel like ASU is a family member that, like, they drive me insane sometimes. Sometimes I want to write them off, but I, I can't. They're a part of me. But, man, right now they're a family member that I, I, I don't have a lot of, like, wanting to hang out with them. Like, I, I, I want them to make an effort to get me back on the same page. And right now that effort isn't there. Yeah. It's tough. I don't like feeling the way I feel about ASU athletics. But, I mean, I, I was in Tucson last week. I went down for the Washington game, um, you know, went to lunch with my parents and, you know, didn't even really think about the fact that the ASU game was going on until we got back. And and I don't like that. That shouldn't be the case, but it is. We got back and we're like, well, okay, yeah, we'll turn it on and see what they're doing. But, it, yeah. you know, I didn't plan my day around it. I have in the past. In the past, I would have said, well, let's go to lunch at 11. We could be back by noon. See the game. Mm-hmm. No, it's, uh, it's distressing. It is. It is. But anyway, we could, I could go on until I'm blue in the face about that. I suppose we should, we should move on yeah, to another so, topic. So let's talk a little bit about something you wanted to raise, which is college game day on ESPN, uh, the Pat McAfee era of college game day, and the quality of the programming. Now, I I want to start this with a caveat because I am not going to be able to participate much in this. Not because I work for ESPN or am personal friends with Pat McAfee. (laughs) Neither of those things are true. Uh, But what is true is that I don't watch College Game Day because for me, it has not been good for a while. I I like the feature story, but I don't care about the rest of the show. (laughs) No, and and, and that sort of leads into what I was going to say a little bit about it. I mean, in it, I guess to, to, you know, for the starting point here, you know, you brought up last week, the, 
you know, the, the back and forth with, you know, what Lee Corso said and the, you know, like people aren't really even sure what he said. And that's maybe something we could talk about with Lee Corso. Um, and Jake Dickert and what he said about that. And then, so this week, I, I wasn't watching. And that goes along with what you were saying. I didn't watch game day this week. The Ryder Cup was on. I watched that. Um, but McAfee goes on. You know, they show the Washington State flag in the crowd. And McAfee goes off about, you know, oh, you know, were, were you out? You know, were we showing that when they were 1-11 and 11 and 2-10? and 10? Which, first of all, yes, they were. And that's one of my problems with him. Like, be informed. The Washington State flag at game day has been a thing for 20-some years. Um, but it was just, you know, the McAfee thing, I guess, and you I, you know a little bit about him with the Aaron Rodgers stuff. I feel like McAfee is like the arrogant frat boy bully now. That's that's how he comes off to me. He, he used to feel like kind of an outsider who was fun. And he's not an outsider anymore when you work for ESPN and they're paying you tons of money. And now he just comes off like a like an arrogant frat boy. Well, it's it's sort of analogous to the career arc of Bill Simmons. It, yes, in that it is. I it, thought about that. It used to be page two. Bill Simmons was mandatory reading. Mm-hmm. The original incarnation of his podcast became mandatory listening, and it and it got to the point. I used to listen to every Bill Simmons podcast. Then I would listen to every, you know, football season Cousin Sal yeah. podcast. With, yeah. And then now I don't listen to any Bill Simmons podcast at yeah. all. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, it is very similar. And I think it's in some ways it's the nature of the beast. Like when, when, a, when an outsider, and McAfee was that. He was, a, he was a punter, had a little personality, but, for the, you know, he was still a punter. Um, and he gets this, you know, YouTube show, which I think, I don't know how it started, but it, you know, and it's like, oh, this, this refreshing sort of like, he just, he's a change of face, man. He does this show with his pals and he wears his tank tops and, and he's a shot of life. And now it's on ESPN and I know it's oh, the show's the same. It's like, I didn't watch the show when it was on YouTube. I don't watch the show now because his stick kind of wears on me in general, but you, you can't be an outsider when the establishment is paying you big money to work for them. And, and so now his shtick just feels even more tired. Agreed. And, and you said it, the Pat McAfee era, that's how it feels. It feels like they have kind of like turned the show over to him. I was, I was not a David Pollack fan. He got on my nerves, but you know, they laid off David Pollack, Rinaldi left, they laid off Gene Wojciechowski and it's, and it now feels like it's, you know, it's Herb Street, who's arrogant. It's Desmond Howard, who brings nothing to the table but a fake laugh. And and then it's the McAfee show. I mean, it's basically game day has become a three-hour weekend version of the Pat McAfee show, it feels like. And, like, it's turning me off. And I love college football. You know that. I think it is my favorite thing to watch and discuss, and I love it. I live and breathe it for, for three and a half months out of the year. Uh but I, I didn't watch any of it last week, and it, and I didn't feel like I missed it. Mm-hmm. And, and that is kind of why I wanted to bring it up. Well, this is one of those things that I have started to notice about my fandom overall. Things have started to fade away, 
and I've noticed that there are some things where like I go back to it and I'm like, you know, I actually enjoy like, frankly, professional wrestling. And, you know, I go back to it because I'm like, even when I'm kind of out, it's like I like knowing what's going on. I think it's fun to fast forward through the shows. But it's it, it also doesn't ask a lot of me. No, true. But then there are things like College Game Day, like Bill Simmons, where yeah. I drop it and I'm like, I'm okay. No, I agree. I mean, I, that happened to me with PTI. You know, mm-hmm. like I watched PTI every day and it was probably a year or so ago that I, I stopped recording it. Then I'd maybe try to catch a replay. And then as time went on, I was like, well, I wasn't catching a replay and I wasn't watching it. I watched a couple episodes while I was on my trip because, you know, in a hotel afternoon, you don't have as much on TV. Like, uh, that is the first time I watched PTI in a long time. Uh, and and so, yeah, I agree. And, and maybe that's what game day is becoming for me, too. And I I don't like that being the case, but it just the McAfee stick wears on me a lot. And, and And they have just like last year, I felt like he was a little bit of a shot of life in the show when they brought him on. And now I feel like he's the show. Yeah. And that's uh, not doing it for me. And again, when you're, you know, the Washington State thing bothers me because he doesn't even know what he's talking about. And and yet nobody calls him out on being wrong because he's the golden goose there right now. Well, and it's the it's the era that we're in of engagements and likes and, you know, retweets or reposts or shares or whatever. Like, that's what matters now. Right. And Right, and right, it, yeah. it's the natural extension of the, you know, promoting the bombastic guy. For sure, for you sure, know? it's the the loudest guy in the room is is the one who gets noticed. It's the Skip Bayless, Stephen A. Smith phenomenon, um, and he is not exactly the same, but he's from the same school. But uh, you know, be loud, be ridiculous, be absurd, wear wear ridiculous things, wear your huge belt buckle, wear your tank tops, you know, um, say whatever you want. I don't know that he is acting, which I think sometimes like the Skip Baylesses of the world are, are acting or playing a character. He might be being himself, but, but being himself still feels annoying. Yeah. So it's, it's, yeah. I mean, God, I feel like this, you know, I didn't plan on going down the road about ASU this on the heels of ASU, I feel like I'm a, you know, 75 year old man talking about how life was better when, when, when I was a kid, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of a similar feel of like, man, you're just, you're alienating me. And, and I, I don't think I'm alone. I mean, I read some stuff on, you know, and I, Twitter's not the greatest reflection of society, but a lot of people were fired up about the Washington state thing. And I was sort of glad to see that doesn't matter. It's not going to result in any change, but at least it was like, well, at least at least some people are paying attention. Yeah. Well, look, maybe it'll be more positive next week. Can't can't we'll guarantee see. it, but uh, <laughs> we'll see. Until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben Matt Sportscast.